podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Hello. And welcome to the Bastards. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome everybody to episode 428 of Film Bastards. I am one of your co-hosts, Matt Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Becky Foster, hello everyone. And... Ian Loring, hello. And what 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 have we got? What have we got? We, well, it's not quite as stacked as it was last week. It's not It's not going to be It's not going to be a, 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 a big boy like last week, I don't think. The show will probably be less than half as long. Yes, um, but twice as entertaining. Uh, that was a good show last week I'm going to say it, that was a good show it was, it was, it was a great one (laughs) yeah, Uh, I'm looking forward to when that gets released and just getting just hordes of abuse off people (laughs) Um, but what have we got this week Uh, well, we have the new Paul Thomas Anderson film, as we enter our 10th year of Bastards, um, our first ever full proper show was reviewing the master of Paul Thomas Anderson yeah, um, so we've got another Paul Thomas Anderson film uh, with uh, Licorice Pizza, uh, his latest offering. Um, we have uh, Netflix movie um, Maggie Gyllenhaal's directorial debut, The Lost Daughter, um, and we have a little bit of what we've been watching. Um, I think we have one trailer. We have one trailer, maybe two. You trailers. have one trailer, I think. <laughs> you don't have any. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, yeah, so we have maybe a trailer. 
Uh, and we have questions and usual bits. We are a Pod Syndicate podcast. Um, so head on over to Pod Syndicate where you'll find other Pod Syndicate podcasts. Uh, we are also, uh, we also have a patron, uh, it's patron slash film bastards, uh, where you can find all sorts of, uh, different content from us just doing random marathons. At the moment, we're in the, uh, midst of the Michael Mann marathon. We've just recorded the Heat episode. So yeah, yeah, just, just, if, if you want to throw a little bit of uh, cash our way, um, to just help with bits for the podcast uh, and bits like that, then, uh, yeah, that'd, that'd be always the most appreciated. And as a little gesture, uh, we'll give you some more shows uh, from that there. So, yeah, so that's, that's all the, the little bits that I need to get out of the way. Um, Ian, what's been happening in the movie news? Uh, Morbius has gone back for the um, seventh time, I believe. Yeah. It, I don't know. It's interesting, that, isn't it? Because, um, you know, I mean... <laughs> You know, to capture a moment in time, uh, apparently last week, one in 15 people in England had COVID. One in 15 people. Um, one in 20 in Wales had COVID, so we're not doing that much better. Um, you know, it, it's fucking rampant. Um, we know people, well, or, like, who have just had COVID and thankfully they're okay. I mean, mm. we, the collective, we, um, and yeah, I mean, it's just, it seems to be spreading like wildfire. Um, I'm half expecting to get it again at some point. A minor miracle that I haven't already, or at least not that I know of, you know, and like, I, you guys have never had it, have you? Nope. Something nope. that, fair play. Yeah. Fair play. You got very angry with me the other day, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, did I, that's a lateral that thing. feels like something to bring up. <laughs> yeah. Saying you were fucking immune and you were immortal and stuff, it just felt like far too fake tempting. <laughs> the thing is, for like, because he's like just based straight up unafraid of death. Like, listeners, I don't even think that like this is a put on or anything. Mark is straight up unafraid of death. He could just say that shit, and if it happens, it'd be like, yeah, right, fair enough. I- I'm afraid of him dying though, so that's why I was in trouble. Well, yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's, yeah. Do you know, do I mean, you know I, I'm afraid of him dying as well. Do, do you know what, though? If if fate took me, right, because I was challenging it, I would respect that. I'd do a fucking seance and I'd give you a right bollocking. That's, that's fine. But if I met, like, the face of fate, <laughs> and, it, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it just, it came to me and it said, you fucking deserve that, I'd be like, yeah, you're right, I did. Fair play. Fair play, you prick. <laughs> You're not. Yeah, I. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it, Sony have not necessarily said that it's because of COVID, and I don't know. It's interesting though because No Way Home is like one of the highest grossing films of all time at this point. <laughs> yep. And and it, you know, it feels like the audience that came out for Venom and came out for Spider Man would come out for Morbius. Yep. So I'll be honest. I, I'm thinking it's not really all that COVID related. I don't think it's COVID related. I think, I think there's retuning going on. Yeah, yeah they they are because I, I mean apparently as well, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness in the reshoots they're putting more cameos in there, and it's Ooh. like if that's the world that we're going to live in for a bit, I don't know. Whatever keeps the cinemas like going, I, I suppose is fair enough to me. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, Morbius, one uh, fucking 100%. I 
that Andrew Garfield's going to be in it. Even if it's like a 30 second mid credits tease. Ooh, Andrew Garfield's in it. Dave, Dave signed him up. Dave dumped a pile of money and they've gone, don't worry about the MCU. This is the, the Sony-verse. But we want you to be the leading light and we're going to let you have actually some sort of creative control in the direction going forward, blah, blah, blah. Like, like I, I honestly, I, I think Andrew Garfield will be in Morbius in some way. Yeah. I also, it wouldn't surprise me if Venom turns up as well. Yeah, quite. And and that's how they get Venom and Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I I mean, it, it's... I, I think Scream is going to be a really interesting case in point next weekend. Mm. That is a film that they are marketing the shit out of online. And, and quite well. And, yeah, and well. They are they are aiming for the audience that are going out to the cinema, and I think it's probably going to open pretty strong. You know, the whole Omicron thing does seem to be mild. A friend of ours described it as pussy shit when they had it last week, um, which <laughs> they know who they are. Uh, which I thought was quite brave, but um, uh, you know, and, but it, it it does seem to be something that people are you know are, are getting through. You know, uh, a lot of, a lot of people are triple vaxxed. It feels like the general conversation is starting to turn to make life more difficult for the unvaccinated. You know, I I could see that happening here at some point Emmanuel Macron made me laugh I don't know whether you guys saw this but the fact that he actually said that he wants to make life difficult for the unvaccinated and piss them off yeah like that you know wonderful yeah it's yeah obviously medical exceptions notwithstanding and whatnot you know absolutely but if you're not getting a vaccine at this point because you don't want to get the vaccine because you you know, my body's my, my my body, my choice, and whatnot. But that kind of thing. Think about your fellow man. Blah blah blah. But it it feels like yes, this wave is big, and yes, the NHS is under pressure and whatnot. But people are not that afraid to actually go out and see a movie. Mm. You know, and, and so Morbius. I think it's. I think it's. I, I think it's weird. Also. There is a part of me that says that Morbius was due out two weeks before Uncharted. They're both Sony, and maybe they're a little bit worried about having a bit of a fucking well, traffic yeah. jam. Yeah, um, yeah, that could be quite accurate. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, for this one, it's the first one of these COVID times delays where it's been like, I'm not entirely sure it's just COVID for this one. Yeah, it, it, it seems like Morbius is something that they've not they've not really known what to do with for a vast amount of time. I actually think that it's I think that, that everything's been quite beneficial to Morbius um, because I think the the Jared Leto seems to have cooled a little bit in the past sort of year or so. How do you mean cooled? Like. It seems like he's not just 
like he's not wrapped up in the cult of Jared Leto as much anymore. Like he's kind of almost come out of it and gone. I got a little bit ridiculous there for a while, didn't I? And like he started like doing interviews and being a little bit fun rather than just I, I, I like the fun knobhead, but then it, it's kind of like nice, nah, just a knobhead. <laughs> Yeah. Like, he, he, he seems to have just maybe just gone, I'm sick of all these people telling me how great I am. I kind of want to get around people who, you know, and just have a little bit of a laugh with mm. being Jared Leto again rather than, you know. Having to be. Having, having to, to be. Jared Leto, the enigma all yeah, the time. Yeah. That a little bit. It seems like that, that could be a thing, uh, which I think could be quite good for them. Uh, there, yeah. Um, any other news has come our way? I mean, Betty White's a biggie. Yeah, that was a... That was a kick in the dick on New Year's Eve, wasn't it? We were just talking the day before. Literally, we were, weren't we? Yeah. We were, we, after we'd recorded the podcast, we went out for a drink, didn't we? Mm. Um, last week. And um, we I don't know how we got talking about it. We got talking about Betty White, didn't we? We got talking about it because of the... Um, she did an interview, didn't she, saying that Ryan Reynolds can't get over her, but her heart belongs to Robert Redford or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we were talking about their their little funny relationship. Yeah. And then, yeah, it was... Um, and then we, we sort of looked at it and we're like, shit, she's like, she's like 18 days away from being yeah. 100. And it's just... It was one of those... It felt... It kind of felt a little bit like like the entire movie world's grandma... It, it genuinely got in, to be honest, the Betty White one. Yeah. The only thing that, that makes you go, fucking hell, was the fact that she was 99. She's <laughs> still there. Yeah. Yeah. Sad yeah. on that one. Yeah, it was. Um, so, yeah, any any other bits of news? No. Bang. Don't, nah, I think, I think we're probably good. Yeah, let's move on to our one trailer. <laughs> I can't even remember. Oh, that was it. That was it. We saw in the cinema. We saw two in the cinema. Did but, we? Yeah. It's quite exciting going to a different cinema and seeing different trailers, wasn't it? It was, yes. <laughs> uh, what, what did we see? Oh, Ali and... Ali and Ava. Ali and Ava. That actually looks quite yeah, good for I'm, I'm, kind I'm of right kitchen sinky type drama, which I don't... I normally steer hard the other way. Yeah, but it looks quite... Things, looks, it looks... Yeah. looks quite fun. Really intriguing. Um... And the souvenir part two looks quite intriguing. As yeah, well. but I haven't seen the souvenir. Apparently, it's very, very different. Yes, I um, and it, 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 yeah, like it seems to be a lot of the people watching part two are going like, "Why did I like part one in the first place when this is here?" Um, <laughs> part one is quite. I, I, re- I, I enjoyed the souvenir a great deal. Like out of the, the films of Joanna Hogg, I've seen it, it, it's by far my favorite. I don't really usually get on with her, but um, it, it, it's a t- It's quite a tough watch, and I wouldn't be surprised if you bounced completely off of it. But part two is apparently very autobiographical about her like early film student days. And then you've got Richard Iowadi, who's in the first one briefly, but apparently is a much more substantial part in this one uh, as like a kind of like a up himself film director. Mm. And that kind of like feels like, yes, I would like to watch Richard Iowadi do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
The other one uh, that we watched, um, trailer, is um, the new Liam Neeson film. Which I is a, it was going to be this one. Yeah. Uh, which is a taut um, period drama um, <laughs> where Liam Neeson... And that's not... It's not. It, it, it's a he Liam has a Neeson gun film. on the poster. I know that. Yeah, it's a Liam Neeson film. It's yeah. another one of those Liam Neeson films that he retired from making several years ago and then has just accidentally made like three a year since. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it looks like... A, a Liam Neeson film. Mm. Yeah. What? Just looks like a Liam Neeson film. It 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 looks like I'm going to watch it on a Tuesday night on Amazon. Not Netflix, this looks like it's like Amazon. <laughs> I'm gonna watch this on a Tuesday night on Amazon Prime in like September. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Probably at about start watching it at about quarter to eleven. Holy shit! <laughs> Maybe not what? quarter to eleven. Apparently, <laughs> it is a hundred and fifty minutes long. There's no need for that, is there? For that type of film. How yeah. We already know about his very specific skill set. We don't need to go through. How has that made me more intrigued for it? <laughs> so, the f- no, it's an hour forty-eight, not a hundred and forty-eight. Oh, phew. I mean, still though. Thank you. Thank God. Well, I'm alright with that now, though. Uh, yeah, so that was it. It looks like Liam Neeson film. Yeah, nice. Barely any interest. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. But there is actually, um, in the trailer, very early on, a bit where he, he takes a guy down, doesn't he? And and you're watching it, and it, it even looks a bit creaky and slow. <laughs> <laughs> like it's effort. Yeah. And it's not supposed to. It's supposed to look slick. It don't really It do don't. It. No. it doesn't. It looks like it was the 17th take and his arms were hurting. I mean, to be fair, my arms start aching if I, if I exfoliate for too long in the shower, so I can't really blame him. No, no. no. Uh, right. Fucking hell. We are pooping along like a motherfucker on this one, aren't we? Pooping. Hell yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right. Which one's in charge? Are you? Are you in charge? Yeah, I'm in charge. May I just speak with you for a second? Yeah, sure. Thanks. You can tell your crew to stop. Stop for a sec, guys. Um, so this is what I want to say to you. Um, do you know who I am? Yeah. Do you know uh, who my girlfriend is? Barbara Streisand? Barbara Streisand. Sand. Sand. Yeah, like sands. Like the ocean. Like Barbara Streisand? No. Like Streisand. Sand. Streisand. Streisand. Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand. Let's let's get pizza in. Let's get the pizza in. Let's get the pizza in. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. So, Licorice Pizza is written and directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, and who does it star? Who does it star? Um. Alana Haim, Cooper Hoffman, Sean Penn, Tom Waits, Bradley Cooper, Benny... Mark's uh, going to need you to say Cooper Hoffman again. <laughs> I was thinking that. Why? Culper Hoffman. Cooper Hoffman. <laughs> you said Culper. I was just saying it really quick. I'm excited. Say it again. Cooper Hoffman. Right, okay. Uh, Benny Safdie, um, who else is in there? 
people. Tom Waits. I've said him, I think. Okay. Other people are in there. Leonardo DiCaprio's dad is there. Mm. What? Mr. Jack? Which one's he? He's the mattress salesman, the guy who sells him the water the waterbed salesman. You really yeah. dig it, man. Yeah, that's DiCaprio's dad. It's DiCaprio's that's dad. Amazing. Yeah, I didn't know that. He was cast in it because he was like he was quite a part of the uh, the scene around that time. Maya Rudolph's in it because, of course, she is because she's in everything. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, she's married to Paul Thomas Anderson. It's not an excuse. She doesn't have to be in everything he makes. <laughs> I think this is only. I think this is only the second film of his. You are. I think, yeah, I think you're right. Mean, she's in her advice and she's in this. I mean, she's just in everything at some point. I mean, she is in a couple of the movies that I've watched this week. Yeah. <laughs> she just pops up everywhere. Yeah, I, it's not a complaint, that. Um, so what, what? what is the story? Oh, um, By the way, as well, also as well, uh, it is shot by Paul uh, Anderson again on his own. And the third Johnny Greenwood score in the space of like, what? Eight weeks, six, eight weeks. Yeah. Spencer, this, and Power of the Dog. Mm. There's a possibility that the all three of those could get nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. And all three of them consider Johnny Greenwood's car. Nice. Uh, so, what's the story of? Story of um, Alana Kane and Gary Valentine growing up, running around, and going through the treacherous navigation of first love in San Fernando Valley in 1973. Um, Ian. Yeah. For the Krish Pizza. Are you um, more a fan or more in tune with um, when Paul Thomas Anton does these kind of um, his more lazier um, films like this? Uh, I think you can throw Inherit Vice in there and. Um, you could maybe throw sort of boogie nights into it and things like that mm. or are you more a fan of when he does things like The Master Phantom Thread and uh, There Will Be Blood or know, it, is, is it just they're, they're, they're an equal split in terms of styling but you can very much tell they're the same director yeah I mean I, I don't know it, it, it's interesting because I, like, I very very much like There Will Be Blood um, but The Master I, I need to rewatch at some point. Yeah, but. I do as well because I, I, I remember. I think we both liked it, but we both felt a little bit like we wish we liked it more. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that, I remember it being a big deal of like it being in seventy millimeter and all that kind of. And it was, it, it was a very, very film fan de jour kind of pick at the time. And I remember both of us being, it's good, it's good. You know, um, yeah. <laughs> and I, I wonder how it would hit now. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, like, I, 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 I like Inherent, Inherent Vice. I like that film more every time I watch it. Phantom Fred, I only watched the once, but and I thought it was like really good. But you know, not film of the year. I, you know, just like basically, I think he's made a couple of absolute uns- uh, like unqualified bangers, and he's made some really, really, really good films. Licorice Pizza is a really, really, really good film for me. Bex, where do you sit? Same question. Rather than think of a different question, I'm going to say go same question for you. Um, let me just have a look at his... I had it up at the film mug. 
Because I think it, it, it's fair to say, uh, while you're looking for that, that Paul Thomas Anderson is one of my favourite filmmakers. Mm. Um, and I'm very much... Don't be wrong, Daily Blood is, is, is spectacular. Um, and... Um, the master, I, I like, but like we just said there, and I thought Phantom Forever was was was, was a, a very 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 good film. But I think I'm more in tune when he's doing this kind of thing. So are we saying like Phantom Thread and the Master type films versus Inherent Vice and Boogie Nights type films? Yes, I would be on the Inherent Vice and Boogie Nights side. Cool. I have specifically chosen not to watch either of the films that you've mentioned being on the other side of that argument. Which one? The Master or Phantom Thread. Have you not seen either of those? No. Well, fucking, you will do soon. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up on next week's show, Becky and Mark watch. <laughs> I've actually not seen Punch Drunk Love either. Yeah, you have. I've definitely watched that with you at least once. Without question. I have. Sure, sure, man. Um, so, Ian, back to you. Um, how did Licorice Pizza sit with you in terms of the film? Because um, it's, I'm not, I, I'm still processing it as well. So yeah, yeah. I mean, like, so, so uh, like for context, Mark and Becky literally have come home from seeing it. I saw it on Sunday, and it's Wednesday, so I've had, I've had a few days on it. Mm. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily think this needs to be a massive part of the discussion unless it naturally flows that way. But I ever so slightly think that Paul Thomas Anderson has had an easy ride, and if the film was gender flipped, um, it wouldn't have got made. Um, but being that as it is, I think it works very much for the most part i really really liked it when they were just like friends who were kind of like ever so slightly falling out in and out of like friendship more or more than anything else um i think the bradley cooper section is about as strong a sequence of film as you'll see all year and it's the first week of january um I I I I think it's a very very difficult narrative thread uh, needle to thread, and I think it does a pretty good job of it. Um, but it did. I did leave it ever so slightly asking, what am I supposed to take away from that? But I. I I don't know. I think another watch would kind of cement my feelings either way on it. And I reserve the right to... It's a solid four out of five on Letterboxd for me at the moment. I fully reserve the right to add or take away from that in, in future viewings. Um, I think Alana Haim and Cooper Hoffman are both fantastic. You know, any 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 misgivings that I have about what happens in the film can't take away from the fact that I think they're both very, very good. Um, but yeah, I, and the thing is I'm reacting to people's reactions to it, but I am surprised that, 
you know, there, there has been some discourse about like how can you like this film when it's got this plot line. I'm not going to do that, but I do think that pe- some people are also being a little bit myopic in refusing to acknowledge that whatsoever. Shades of Grey, who'd have thought? I do feel that it was a mistake making her so much older than him. Have him be 18. Well, no, because then it's uh, the the whole, like, schoolboy crush thing is why it works. Like, most boys at some point have had a crush on an older girl, but having her be 25... That was the the idea, was it was... The idea for the story was that it was, um, you know, that this this schoolboy has tried to look with an older girl. What happened if the older girl called his bluff and actually fucking turned up? But make her, I mean, even 22 at a push. They could have made him 16 and her 22, and then that takes out a big chunk of the... Um, I'm going to choose it, my words carefully, but I'm going to say them anyway. A bit of the fucking pearl clutching that I've seen around it. Yeah, and, and, and to be clear, I'm not. I don't. Oh, I don't think you there. No, I, no, I no, 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 no. I'm, I'm bringing it up, and I do have a problem with it. But with the end of the film, this is where I, I have. A, yeah, I, I agree with you to a large extent, and I think that it. it but it's, I think, for a different reason. It just literally have them hug, cut to credits. It would have sat better with me. Had them just essentially leaving it as they're just. It's the friendship thing rather than the. Even have them hug thing. and jokingly introduce her as Mrs. Alana Valentine. <laughs> yeah, and then have her Not- shoot him a fucking disapproving look. But it's, it's clearly a joke. Like, we're not supposed to think that they've gone off and got married. Yeah. It's just clearly... No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, totally. But, like, have her be like, oh, for fuck's sake, Gary, cut to yeah. credits. Yeah. And just leave out the kiss. I think even then. Yeah, I agree with Because then the crush... The ki- he's still got a crush on her. That's the kiss the and I love you, Gary. Yeah. The fact that she's... I'd like... Nah. Like, because you've got, you've got people going, well, it's like, you know... They, they, it, there's nothing sexual about it, blah blah, and it, it's like, well, no, I'm, I'm sorry, but that ending there is intimating that something more is on the cards. No, you don't. There's not a post-credit scene of him fucking deep in her or anything, but but yeah, you know, there, there, there's, there is the, the the film ends with them being essentially boyfriend girlfriend. Yes, yeah, and I, I, and, I just, I've got, yeah, I, I agree that, that, that yes. That the the idea of if, if people are using the argument um, against it, there's a lot better arguments than well, you don't see my sex. Like, well, no, you don't. Have them hug, change. I love you, Gary. To I've missed you, Gary, and have them have him make the joke about Mrs. Alana Valentine. Leave out the kiss. It leaves it ambiguous. Yeah, that's probably where it's going, but it leaves it less open to criticism. Mm. The thing is, yeah, yeah, 40, totally. And it, it, with a fifty-year-old, no big fucking deal. A fifteen-slash-sixteen-year-old, whatever it is, by the end of the movie, with a twenty-five-slash-twenty-six-year-old, that's a big difference in maturity, life experience, etc., etc. I mean, it's the, just the thing, right? The twenty-five-year-old aspect of it, I kind of get why he went there because it's like by that time, you're, you're kind of supposed to be 
deciding where the fuck you're actually going in life. You're not in your early twenties anymore, you know. So like and the fact that she's hanging around with him as she says it is weird. So I I don't know. Like it it it's the the, the flip side of that is the fact that that she she asks her sister, "Do you think it's weird?" And the sister's like, "No." And it's it, whatever it, you think it is. It, it's, yeah, be, yeah. it's because the, the film essentially portrays her as being quite, quite immature. And he is portrayed I mean, as being quite mature. And, and he is portrayed as being, uh, 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 portraying a great just, of maturity. It's still a bit iffy I mean, though, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. I, I think we could, like, this was my major problem with the film and I think we've, we've, we've talked it out. But it, it's the fact that it, yeah, th- yes, there has been too much pearl clutching because I think that the majority of the film, I think it, it, it skirts that line very well. That That's the thing, it does. And then there is just this unforced error at the end that you can then see why people would pile on it. Mm. And, I, and I get that. But at the same time, the, the, the people who are... There are a lot of people out there, a lot, who are like, this is a five-star banger, what are you talking about? Who have got their heads in the sand, who I swear to fucking God, if this was gender-flipped, oh, they would be fucking running the direct- writer-director out of town. Yeah. I, and it's double standards. I, I, I agree that, that, that if it was the other way around, it, it would absolutely be that. Um, I, but I, I, think, I think that's a, that's just a, it's an unfortunate way of the world thing um, with, with, yeah. within that. Um, it, it, it is that... Um, that element to it, I, and I do agree. I, I'll I'll be honest. The the age thing doesn't. It didn't bother me, but I'm not gonna say. Um, I'm not going to criticize anybody who have like a minor problem with it. If you've got somebody who's going, oh, this is ridiculous. It's disgusting. It, it, there is a little bit of a. Just don't fucking watch it then. And well, it, to be I, fair, I, real world, it would bother you. I mean, we absolutely rinsed Isabel and called her a creep because she had a crush on a boy that was a year younger than her. That's weird, though. So, <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. No, no, but I mean, th- th- this is the thing, right? And it's like, the film, in the film, he is like 15 going on 20. But when you actually look at that, hang on, he's 15. Okay, he's got some money for being a child actor, but he's just creating these businesses and and yeah. it, it kind of feels like it feels like an out for people to go. Well, he's he's older beyond his years. No, no, but that doesn't make any fucking sense in a real world. And this film is very much trying to create a real world in that period setting. And yet you've got this guy who, like, in the space of a summer, like, is a child actor and then has two businesses, one of which fully fails. Yeah, the mattress bed shop that he that is essentially just like like at the end of that opening day, there's just people copping off on all the waterbeds. <laughs> like he wouldn't, yeah. right? Just just to take it mm. to a practical place for a second, he wouldn't be able to sign a lease for that building. No, but his mum will have signed the lease and will own the lease. So. That's true. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the fact is that element of the the waterbed thing, the pinball thing, is based on a real guy. <laughs> That, what is it that, that that Paul Thomas Anderson knows that he's actually a, a movie producer now? Um, so what's he called? Gary Goatsman. Gary Goatsman. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, and so there, there is there is little bits of, of that, and it, it's that it's that thing of um, like I think 
Because you said about the, the Bradley Cooper section is fantastic. Mm, the Sean Penn bit is as well. And the Sean Penn yeah, section is. is just glorious. You, you've got to be pissed off to be Sean Penn, though, where it's like you think you've got this really plum role <laughs> and then Bradley Cooper comes along later on and is just a more plum role. And like knowing Sean Penn's kind of like history with his ego and whatnot, that's got a fucking sting so bad. I I I think Sean Penn is maybe at the point now where he's just glad to be a little bit back in like back in with back the cool guy. Yeah. Uh, okay, fair. I I hope so. I just Bradley Cooper that conversation that he has like the fucking my my the, the all the audience was fucking laughing like a lot. Which was lovely to hear, but just like where he's talking to him and being quite nice to him, he's like, "I'm going to kill your family." <laughs> I it just it's that's great, and it's just like all through that sequence, you're like, "When's he going to pop up again? When's he going <laughs> to pop up again?" And he pops up at one point. It's like, "Right, let me in. I'm driving." It's like, sup, sup, "Does he know somehow what's going on?" No, he doesn't know. And then you don't see him again until the morning after. And just the fucking... When he walks past those women and then turns back and then starts talking... Talk, and what is it? Like, do you like... It's like, do you like strawberry ice cream or something? And one of peanut butter. Like, no. Do you like peanut Sorry? butter? Do you peanut like peanut butter? butter? Apparently, that was John Peter's pickup line. And he insisted that if his character was in the movie, that had to be in the movie. That's fucking great. Because that was his I- pickup line. Do you and like he just peanut walks butter? Off with these girls talking about like, do you like crunchy or smooth peanut butter? <laughs> like, amazing, like just amazing. With like his like his trousers are all ripped down one side. Yeah. <laughs> I like. I also do like the fact that apparently, um, Coop Hoffman and um, oh, name's not right. Alana Hayem um, didn't know that Bradley Cooper was going to be in the movie. And the first time they knew that the, that the character that was about to come out and start talking to them was Bradley Cooper was when Bradley Cooper literally runs out at them and shouts who's in yeah, charge here. Because it was like a... Yeah, because it was like... I, I remember that being a whole surprise thing where it was like... Because it was like shot in COVID times and whatnot and they were shooting outside and it wasn't a closed set. You had people photographing Bradley Cooper and just being like, Bradley Cooper's in the new PTA? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, and it, yeah, I mean, it just it, it's great, and he's obviously come to play, and he, he he's having a great time. But no, I mean, absolutely, Sean Penn is is great as well, and that like Tom Waits and that whole fucking surreal. Right, we're going to reenact a scene on the golf course by this bar. Yeah, but it's like the great bit is when Tom Waits is sat there and he calls the waiter over and starts asking for three oh, yeah. wing back chairs, some lighter fluid, and you're thinking. What the fuck is it? What's going on? And then Sean Penn does the speech, uh, 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 him. and she's like, "I," and she's just looking at him with this look of, "I have no idea what the fuck he's going on about now." And then you get taken outside. He's just. He is great, that bit, yeah. Tom Waits doing the roll camera one, roll camera two. <laughs> yeah, it is just wonderful. Standout Great. segments in the film, for sure. It's that, when that happens, it is, you're watching it and going, yeah, you can you can get the Fast Times at Richmond High vibes from it. 
from the, the, the film as a whole. Mm. Um, the fact that it, it feels like a, a collection of little slices of life that are running through essentially like a summer or something like that. But then when you've got a sequence like that, you're going, yep, yep, you can tell that that Paul Thomas Anderson, one of his favourite filmmakers, and probably his favourite filmmaker, is Robert Altman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the um, the, the scene late on where it's Benny Safdie talking to his boyfriend and you've got the shot of Alana Haim. Yeah. And it's like they're into the, the foreground but unfocused. It's focused on her and you're just hearing the, the their dialogue. Altman-y as fuck. Yeah, it is. It, it it's there, and it, it's it's one of those things where it, it it's it often doesn't. I don't think it gets referenced enough how how much um, Paul Thomas Anderson subtly homages people, and it is often Robert Altman <laughs> because you, you've got, for instance. To pick up some else, Tarantino outright will homage people and will fucking scream that he's doing it. Will literally show you it and say, "Look, this is what I'm homaging." But Paul Thomas Anderson's a little bit more. He'll just do it, and he's not trying to be. He's not trying to go. He he's not going. There's going to be shitloads of Easter eggs that people need to find that love cinema within this movie. Yeah, it's just. He's doing it. If you notice it, you notice it. If you notice it, you notice it. And and, and if you don't, it's not a problem. Mm. You know? He's not not Jason Reitman. He's not inviting you to go on an Easter egg hunt. Exactly. And he doesn't... He's not going... If if, if you notice it, he's not going, see, I knew you were a fucking smart fucker. It's just just, uh, going, yeah, it's that, innit? (laughs) You nerds, you fucking jack off over this proton pack, don't you? I'm going to give you just enough that you're going to climax all over your fucking mum. <laughs> Just back to your comparison with Fast Times, though, for a second. Yes. They are largely likeable characters in that, though, aren't they? And when they are unlikable, they are unlikable in the way that teenagers are. Yes. They're not pretentious little fuckers pretending to be grown-ups because it's a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. So you didn't think any of them were like... No. Hang on. No. I hated them all. Really? Yeah, absolutely. And the two lead characters... I liked... They, they were all very good performances, but as characters, I didn't like any of them. No, I mean, Gary Valentine would be such a fucking headache to be around. Yeah. So so would Alana, actually. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're I, I, right. I, I mean, I'm not... I'm not saying I disagree with you, Ole. And the two leads, They're... as 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 very good as they were, they didn't have any chemistry with each other. Oh, I disagree with that. It's fine. I I got that he was into her, and I got that she got off on the attention. Yeah, mm. I don't think it's sexual chemistry as such, mm. but there's definitely a there was a thing there. There's no chemistry to make that ending make sense, though. No, yeah, yeah, no. There's that's a fair point. Yeah, yeah. I just again, like it, I, I think we workshops the ending earlier on. I think it, it is. He introduces her as his wife. He gives her a look of fuck's sake, 
Uh, she gives him a look of fuck's sake, and then it ends. <laughs> or just smacks him on the back of the head or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, does, like, it literally smacks him on the back of the head. You do a freeze frame of him reacting. Mm. That would have been perfect. And, and then it's just like, right, it's just going to be this fucking cat and dog thing where they're, they're going to just go, like, cyclically do this. I could, I, to be honest, I could have bought that. I, I, I do agree that that would have been a yeah. I would have sat. That would have. I would have liked that more. She knocks him back a few times. He moves on and starts talking to other girls. She gets jealous because she misses the attention. Blah blah blah. Round and round we go. That that fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That that that's that's the thing with this. It's coming from somebody who is very much a. If a Paul Thomas Anderson movie is coming out that year, it's probably going to be my most anticipated movie. Of the yeah, year. yeah. Um, but I do agree, it's not a five star banger for me. It's not. It's not. It's a shame, man. I'm, so, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely, I'm sorry. But the thing is, I, I still loved my time with it. And the yeah, thing yeah, is, a, a, a game like you said, Ian, at, at the moment, it's a four and a half for me. Sure. And, and I admit that it's probably a four, but the fact that. Like you said, Bex, when I came out, we said, did you like it? And I was like, yeah. And you said... There was a long pause, wasn't there? Yeah. And then... Oh, it was good. But about my liking of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I absolutely... I was sat there like, Max, I'm going to get out of this fucking thing. And Max was like, I fucking love that. <laughs> and that's it. So it gets an extra half a star just because it, 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 it's my favourite type of movie, probably. Uh, where it is essentially just a little bit of a hangout movie. And as well, Tom Waits turns up, which is always to get extra points for me. But the thing is, it's one of those where I think I, where I have a feeling that, that when I rewatch it again, I will unapologetically put it probably up to a five-star movie. But it will be one of those movies where I, go, where I can go, look, it's not a five-star movie, but it is to me. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to write to Mike Flanagan and Tom Waits and, and encourage them to get together on a TV project together because I think that oh. that'll finally get you to watch it. Wouldn't <laughs> Come on, it maybe. <laughs> it, it, it's interesting because, like, in terms of like awards and whatnot, this is this is getting pretty heavily uh, uh, buzzed for at least best original screenplay. Yeah, and um, so Indie Wire, I'm looking at their article where they're talking about like contenders and whatnot. So they've got their front runners are Pedro Almodovar for Parallel Mothers, which comes mm. out here in a few weeks. Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, the guy who wrote King Richard, Zach Balin, uh, Belfast, Kenneth Branagh, and uh, Don't Look Up, Adam McKay, David Sorota. Um, and then, uh, it, like, kind of in the mix, Aaron Sorkin, Wes Anderson, Julia DeCorno, um, Asgar Fahadi. Uh, um, so a hero. I haven't talked about it with you guys. I watched it at LFF and I talked about it in my LFF show. That's on Amazon Prime in a couple of weeks. Get get that watched before we talk year-end stuff. Yeah. What's that? Um, a, a hero. Um, it's It's very, very good. Um, but then also Stephen Knight for Spencer, Paul Schrader for the Card Counter, and Paolo Sorrentino for The Hand of God. And it, it's like, there's only a few of those that I've seen, but I'll be honest, I, I, I certainly don't think that Licorice Pizza is, is PTA's be, uh, best film, 
but if this is the one that he finally wins an Oscar for, I out I I I don't feel like I'd be kicking my toys out the pram and going, fuck's sake, this thing obviously deserved it over Licorice Pizza. I've got problems with Licorice Pizza, but it it is a very good film. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll be honest, I would like either... Uh, there's two movies I would like currently to win uh, Best Picture. And, and, and both of them are not because I think they're the best film of the year or anything like that. I'd have anything riding on it, just because I think it'd be funny. Go on. Spider-Man No Way Home. Yep. That'd be fucking hilarious. It'd be funny. And don't look up, because that'd just be funny as well. <laughs> like, honestly, right? Slight tangent. All this stuff about, oh, No Way Home shouldn't get a Best Picture nomination, blah, 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 blah. Who, right, who cares? Yeah. Um, it, it will be funny yeah. to watch people go fucking mental. So just enjoy the chaos. And this is such a weird year where, I'll be honest, if the film that has basically saved cinemas gets nominated for Best Picture, I'd be... All right, fair enough. Yeah, you know, I, I, like I, just in I, terms I'm, of the pure business of it all, fine. Give it. I'm, I'm not saying win. If Spider-Man No Way Home won Best Picture, I think you know that probably would be what the fuck. But out of ten films, fuck it. Go on then. Why not? Yeah, I, I said I'm not saying it because I think it deserves an Oscar. Should win an Oscar. I'm saying it because it would be funny. <laughs> um, yeah, Licorice Pizza four and a half out of five for me. Uh, definitely, definitely not shit. Um, very much looking forward to to watching it again. Uh, would love it if it actually, you know, got a decent fucking release. Um, we have had to hang around in York for five hours in the freezing fucking cold today to go and see that movie. Yep, worth it. Where are you with it? It's a thanks, I hate it for me. Wow. Yeah. I, I can appreciate that it's good, but it's just, I hate everybody in it. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> the thing is, it's like, so this, this is almost like test number one. Bex, if you're anything other than a Geostorm or definitely not shit for Moonfall, then I think Mark divorces you. <laughs> That's shut me to my core a little no, bit. No, but I'm that. saying it's good. I'm not saying it's shit, am I? I no, can appreciate no. it's good. It's very well made. It's very well acted. It looks lovely. I just, I, I didn't like it. Wow. Ian, where are you with that? Yeah, I'm, my I'm podcasting life shit. partner. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely not shit. It's, it, it's a good film, like I say. I've got my problems with it, but I'm not going to be a dick about it. It's a good film. Definitely not shit. Yeah, um, our audience, Paul, they were all lovely people. Definitely not shit, 100%. Boom. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right, I'm going to go for a pee while you guys talk about your fucking divorce. <laughs> I'll be back Sorry. in a bit. <laughs> no worries. Ah. Should we pause and pick up on what we've been watching when Ian gets back? You are. Should we talk about our day? Let's talk about our day. Okay. What? I mean, I need to go to the bathroom. You've got the bathroom. I'll take a little Okay. You can cut with me for a little bit, guys. 
Um, hey, Hannah, you know, I think you really can't be a good rewatch of a TV show. Would you agree with that, love? Oh, yes, I would. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think during, you know, global pandemics, storms, all of these things, it's quite nice to just sit down and burn through something that you've seen a million Absolutely times. Absolutely nothing like a binge watch. Star Trek. Babylon 5. Because you could sit there for hours looking at serial killer documentaries. Absolutely. Uh, that Netflix. doesn't make you a weird person uh, at all. It doesn't. Yeah, you could watch documentaries that all seem to be about women killing men. Love you, darling. You could put off watching Daredevil for the 30th time. Harry Potter. But really, you can't be immersing yourself in the warm jumper of a rewatch of a show of or a, a franchise. beloved franchise. A beloved franchise. Lord of the Rings. Twin Peaks. From VHS compilations recorded off television with the ad breaks, cut out of course, to DVD box sets of Sex in the City and, I don't know, Smallville. <laughs> Farscape. Quantum Leap. To giving up finding new content on Netflix and just having a comfort trawl through Star Trek The Next Generation or... Parks and Recreation. I think that we can all agree. There's a lot to be said for that. You can't beat a good rewatch. So, with that in mind, join Anna and Mike from Chinstroke vs. Panzer as we burn through some of our favourite franchises and share our immediate reactions to each instalment in both spoiler and non-spoiler sections. To do that, do a search for the rewatch project with Hannah and Mike on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever your favourite podcast provider may be, or go directly to anchor.fm forward slash rewatch project. We are proud members of the Pod Syndicate family of podcasts. ever wondered what so-called family films will scar your kids forever putting four and five year olds in front of this movie it's like if they didn't know what death was before this they're gonna know it after it they're gonna know it after it and they're gonna be freaking terrified and they're gonna be questioning you yeah or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one is a cold dead heart yeah the dark knight has got like all the orphans and like oh no we're gonna die they did not build up those orphans at all in my head it's like kill them then look no further, the His Film, Her Movie podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film-related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, so because Licorice Pizza was had a weird release, um, we watched it in in, in York, um, which isn't usually that much fun because we both um, still still work in York quite frequently. Um, and but you know, timings happen, and timings didn't work weren't kind to us. Uh, but our daughter also still goes to sixth form in York, so um, we thought we'll, we'll we'll go we'll drop Isabel off, and then we'll we'll, we'll go to the cinema. Uh, there was a screen at eleven o'clock. We dropped the spell off at school, sort of 10 to 9. Couldn't got the 11 o'clock screening because it's a big screen screening. So you have to have a child with you and uh, we couldn't find one to steal for two and a half hours. Uh, we tried, but, you know, people kept on looking. People people pay attention to their children, unfortunately. Uh, it's not easy to be a child snatch nowadays. Um, but, yeah, so once we couldn't snatch a child and 
use it to get into a Paul Thomas Anderson movie for two hours. Um, we then we decided, well, what we'll do is we'll go and get something to eat. We'll, we'll mooch around and we'll, we'll, we'll do that uh, until there. And then it was really, really fucking cold. Um, and there wasn't really that many shots you wanted to mooch around in. So, yeah, so we ended up quite literally uh, just kind of mooching around like random shops, like a big, large American sweet shop that we went around for certain, no reason. Uh, the department store that we haven't been in for over a decade, we went around that for no reason. Uh, I took the longest any human has taken to drink a coffee that isn't just exploiting the free Wi-Fi. Uh, we did that as well. And then eventually, eventually, after five hours, managed to get in to see the actual movie that we waited to see. My daughter is currently in the room just staring like I'm crazy. Why so early? Because there was no screens earlier. Because there was a big screen. Screen. But we've been a child with it. Well, you could have come, but I don't like you enough. Oh, Isabel, why there? Could you just grab me? This is thrilling content for the listeners. Could you just grab me uh, my black charger bag, uh, grey charger bag, please? Yeah, thrilling content. My child grabbing me up. Well, that's not the black charger bag, is it? Because that's there, you fucking dumbass. You failed that test, Isabel. That as well, it's grey. Close down behind you. I'm still fillering because nobody's back yet. Uh, so keep waffling on. I know. I know. I heard, I heard a thump there. Ian will be back momentarily then, I'm assuming. Hi. Hello, Ian. There. I filled. I did some great fillering. Some quality content. Oh, for the whole thing? Yep. <laughs> oh, well done. You don't have to edit anything out of that. Fucking hey, love that. It was a, a, um, a thrilling story of what I did for, what did for five hours. Uh, Come with me. <laughs> Come with me. Um, Tell him to go and get me my charger. <laughs> nice. Very good. Very yeah. good. Oh, fucking speaking of charger, I don't think I told you, my fucking um, electric car order got cancelled. You're joking? Yeah, no, apparently some government grant got re- uh, removed. Um before they could process my fucking order. So they were like, how about paying £60 a month more? And I was like, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, so, that's, uh, that's a that's a chunk more. Yeah, so uh, back to the drawing board I go with that, but never mind. Anyway. Where are we? Where are we? Um, well, Ian, what have you been watching? Oh shit, it's that time. Of course it is. Oh god, I'm cold. I fucking. Uh, oh yeah, uh, listeners won't know. So our boiler got replaced last month and it's already broken. So uh, we haven't had any heat since Monday. So that's been fun. It's good um, that it's really warm weather though, at least. I mean, it's, it's, it's brilliant that it didn't happen last week when it was unseasonably warm and we didn't have the heating on. Um, but I'm just, I literally, I'm just going to put a dressing gown on, which will be my third layer of clothes. The girls are in the living room with the door shut, with just an electric heater pointed at them. Um, they're, the, the, they are coming out tomorrow to look at it. So 
they better be fucking here tomorrow, I tell you what. Otherwise, I'm just going to fucking rip it out and shuck it at them and say, right, give me my money back. Anyway, we're all good. Uh, so, I've only got two, which <laughs> I suppose... I suppose that makes sense, though, doesn't it? So we recorded Thursday, then it was New Year's, and we talked about heat. So, yeah. Um, I was just trying to make sure I haven't forgotten anything, but I don't think I have. So, um, I rewatched No Time to Die. Um, I am planning on rewatching the films that I think will be making my top ten at this moment in time, just to firm that up. And, yes... No Time to Die will be making my top 10. That film did not skip a fucking beat second time round for me. Um, yeah, it's I, 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 I think it is an extraordinary bit of work. Um, like Donna was kind of like half watching it. And she was she was uh, uh, like surprised by how effective it is at the end. And she's got no fucking prior relationship with Bond whatsoever. So, uh, yeah, No Time to Die, great film. Um, yeah, uh, I'll talk about it more, what can I say? Um, so, uh, I also uh, finally fucking watched The Last Duel, uh, which I don't think you guys got to yet. No, we've not yet, no. Um, okay. Just not a time. Yeah, and, uh, this... This is the thing. That is a film that you kind of just need to fucking gear yourself up for. So, uh, so it's Ridley Scott's other film that's not House of Gucci and didn't make it. It just didn't make any money, and a lot of people were very shirty about the fact that it it didn't make any money at the time. Um, I think we should be grateful that Fox gave him that amount of money to make that fucking film. Yeah, um, an 18-rated <laughs> um, period, like, like, like medieval period drama about rape. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, it's basic, it's two and a half hours of the indignant, especially, and especially the, the, the last hour of the indignities of being a woman at that time. And how a lot of this stuff is mirrored today. It is a miserable film, which is um, weirdly pepped up by Ben Affleck, giving a pure looks like he knows what a mobile phone is performance, um, where... Like, literally, there is one scene where he greets Adam Driver with, oh... It's you. Take your trousers off. Like, because he's got some women in his boudoir for Adam Driver to also join in and bang. Um, I think Affleck is very memeable and people ha have had a great deal of fun with the individual moments of him in this film. And out of context, yes, absolutely. In context... I get what they're going for, that his permissive attitude kind of like gives Adam Driver the thinking of, you know, well, women are what whatever I want them to be. But the performance is just like, okay, this is just a little bit fratty, goofy, 
you look like you know what a mobile phone is. You know, I mean, it's just it's odd, odd, odd performance. Um, it's a good film. The thing is, right? It it is a it's a good film, and it's a it it feels like a very important story to be told. And I can absolutely get why everybody made it. I can. Mm. But the fact that this film had a hundred million dollar budget, and I mean, it, it's more of a fucking hell, like not and not in a sloggy way, but just in a way, you know, like, for two hours and like thirty nine minutes. That it, uh, yeah. I I I I I I, I admire the film. I kind of like the film. I appreciate what it's doing. It's a good film that you it, it, it's a good film that you never want to watch again. No, no, no. And I don't I don't get why anyone would want to rewatch it aside from the fact that Jodie Comer is fucking incredible. Adam Driver is very it, 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 to be fair is really really good as well. Like that he must have fucking hated playing that role. Must have fucking hated it. And good on him for doing it. Matt Damon, like, it, you know, it, it feels like, I don't know, it feels like that role probably wasn't that difficult, to be to be honest. And Ben Affleck, it looks like he knows what a mobile phone is. So, it, it I mean, it looks great. The score is great. But it's a hundred million dollar budgeted over two and a half hour long film, which is a Rashomon style take on a rape and the events leading up to a rape. And it, it you know, the first two acts are e- like uh, are easier to get through because they're not told from the woman's perspective, and that that is the point. The third act is the the woman's perspective, and it's very, very, very powerful. And made more so by what the men thought was happening. Um, and not just with like Adam Driver's perspective, but Matt Damon's perspective as well. I mean, it is like the third act fully explores the 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 micro to macro indignities suffered by women. And that you know, that that is important. And I'm I'm not saying don't watch the film, I'm just saying how the f- we're expecting to have a rip roaring good time. No, no, no. Yeah, a- absolutely. You know, there's very little action in it. You know, it, it, it is a drama, and I think it's just fair fucking play to whatever producer greenlit that. Because how the shit did you ever think that was going to make any money back? But good on you, you crazy fucker. This isn't going to happen again going forward. But from it, it, like almost in a financial way, it's like, do you know what? Fair enough. This probably could have been made for half the money. And, you know, it may not have had such a grand scale to the locations. Never mind. <laughs> like, from I don't know, from a frugal point of view, zero stars. <laughs> From a power point of view, five stars. <laughs> Fuck it, it weren't my fucking money. <laughs> no, but it wasn't. No, it wasn't my money. But still, it just—I I don't know. I think I, I, like people. It is, 
is people will often say things like, like, oh, I, rather than Netflix spending 150 million on Red Notice, why don't they spend 30 million on five more worthy movies? Nobody says, fucking, what's the name? Just spent, Fox just spent $150 million on an 18 rated two and a half hour fucking essentially medieval rape movie that might be really good to really Scott, but nobody's saying why did they just make five other movies? Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that's a very, very good way of putting it. Yeah, bang on. I It, it just, the, the incredulity that people had at the time of how is this doing this badly? This is a great film. Yeah, it's a really, really good film. It's a two and a half hour long film about rape. Yep. Coming at a time where people, if they're going to go to the cinema, are not going to watch a two and a half hour long film about rape. Uh, Fair and, play, they're going to watch an hour and a half of Venom, Let There Be Carnage, because they want some fucking escapism. And as bore out in the fact that I was looking forward to Last Jewel. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't make the cinema work. Mm. Because and it played one week. I don't know about you. Yeah. It was one week here, and it was gone. It was. I think it played. Yeah, I think it played a week and a little bit. But two and a half hours. So when you're throwing um, trailers and bits, you're talking a near near as damn it three hour trip to the cinema, mm. and that's just while you're in the cinema. Yeah. So if like for ourselves, where we're about twenty to thirty minutes away from the cinema, aren't we? Yeah. yeah, you're talking there a near four hour. Journey. Mm. So you can't go and see the half past seven. No. Because it, it, it's then, you're not getting home until midnight. Yeah. Yeah. And mm. then there's the other bit of, who wants to wake up on a fucking Sunday and go, hey, you fancy that two and a half hour rape epic that's happening <laughs> at half eleven? It's a bit like, no. no. But, hey, fancy going to watch him Venom. <laughs> It's a bit more. I will go watch that Sunday morning cartoon of a movie. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, I'm looking forward to getting to it. Mm. But like with heat, you, you need to go right. We need to watch it at this moment. Mm. Yeah. What else have you watching here? Oh, that was that. Uh, no, that, that that's it. That's it. What have you been watching on your lonesome, Becky? There's not that many this week because I watched all of Midnight Mass. Finally, fuck yeah! Nice. Very exciting. Decided to give up on you, didn't I? I literally told you to give up on me. No. Not even just by midnight mass. <laughs> no, because you were still going, oh, I'll watch it. I just want a night where we can get a really good run at it. But then... And then literally I said to you, just watch it, because you'll watch it again if I ever decide to watch it, and I feel bad that I'm holding you off from watching it. It's been a long time. I was getting quite bitter about it, so I thought, yeah, I oh, fuck it, I'll just watch it over the Christmas break. Good. So yeah, uh, so the films that I watched on my own, I watched Sonic the Hedgehog. How did that hold up? Really well, actually. It is, it's just, it's so Easter eggy if you've played the games. All right, right then. That it's like, no, but it's in a, it's in a really kind of joyful way in a, oh, that's that bit from the game. and, and yeah. It's just, yeah, it's it's not doing a 30 second close up of a ring. No, no. And like... All right, Jason Reitman, I'll give you a fucking 30-second close-up of a ring. Sorry. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it um, on rewatch. It's really good fun. And it, it sets the sequel up pretty well. And I'm excited about the sequel. So, yay. Um, 
But not, I mean, I am, I am a grown-up. Just to clarify for everyone. <laughs> Why did you just have to justify that? Because <laughs> it's a kid's movie, isn't it? And I'm really excited <laughs> about it. So so you don't need to clarify things on this podcast. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair play. Um, and then I watched Willy's Wonderland. How did that hold up on really? Really fucking You well. really like that I movie, don't you? I absolutely oh, do love like that it. Film. It's great. The bit where he's doing his fucking dance on the pinball thing when the fight's going on like in another room it's fucking great I, I, I just I love it it's just it's so daft but like the fighty bits with the machines are really good the kids that are in it for actors of that age are not that annoying mm. but they're supposed to be a little bit spoofy caricature aren't they? yeah I know but the ones that come in that, that where we get that prolonged them banging that room scene is a little bit it's quite funny though because then they both die yeah but it, 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 that just felt a little bit oh come on just get on with it <laughs> um, and then like the, the the mythology they've built to kind of justify oh, the fun, story yeah. is interesting so yeah. yeah I do I really like it <laughs> the fucking punch the fact that it keeps changing it's just this like massive pile of t-shirts to start off with and it just gradually goes down and down yeah should I do my, my solo watches then do it or what is it we'll, we'll do our joint ones mm-hmm. um, I rewatched This Means War <laughs> oh it's you yeah yeah look this isn't my yeah it is a rewatch it also isn't my second watch of this movie is it really bad? It's my third watch of this movie. I, I've rewatched this movie. Even I think it's not very good. Why do you rewatch it? Don't know. Why do I do a lot of things? What's it about? So, what's it about? Well, um, you've got best Chris Chris Pine and Tom Hardy are CIA super agents who are partners of bros, best friends, right? And then you've got Reese Witherspoon, who um, has a job where she just tests things, but in a really fun way. Um, and then she decides she needs to get back in the dating game after running into her ex-boyfriend. Um, and so her friend, played by Chelsea uh, Handler, who plays it basically as Chelsea Handler, um, Sets up like this online dating profile for her. She goes on a date with um, Tom Hardy, likes him, leaves that date, runs into Chris Pine at the video store, flirty, 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 likes him, so ends up dating them both. Right? She doesn't know they know each other, but they know they're both dating her. And they're both trying to impress her. Whilst. Till Schweiger um, is is trying to kill. Them. Who who's trying? Sorry, who's trying to kill him? Till Schweiger. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would probably take priority. No, they don't. It's almost like an afterthought. <laughs> yeah. Not very good. It doesn't sound it. It's not very good. No. What? <laughs> it's it's McGee before he went to Netflix and decided to be quite entertaining. Um, and the other film I watched on my own was The Way, Way Back, which I've been meeting... Re-watch. The Way, Way Back, not The Way Back. Yes, The Way, Way Back. Right, okay. Um, which I've been meeting to rewatch for a while. 
Um, because I, I remember enjoying it, but being very irritated by Steve Carell's character in it. Like, I, 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 I disliked his character that much in it that I've not wanted to rewatch it again because I couldn't cope with the amount that I disliked somebody within a movie. Um, and then had the same thing. Um, have you ever seen this, Max? No. You've seen it, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the basic story is that um, you've got this kid, um, Duncan, played by uh, Liam James, and he they're going... He's going away with his mother um, and her new uh, her new ish boyfriend, who've been together about a year, uh, played by Steve Carell, and um, his kid, who's like both a couple of years old and then not really that important. Um, but they're going away for like the summer to um, essentially like one of those like little Cape Cod, Massachusetts. So it's like that that thing, um, and he's a little bit awkward. Not like super awkward, but just like a little bit awkward, typical 14-year-old kid. Um, and at the start of the movie, you can tell that um, Steve Carell's character is putting on like this super alpha thing. So the start of the movie opens with Steve Carell's character asking him to grade himself out of 10. And the kid says, I don't know, like 6. And Steve Carell goes, no, you're a 3. And so it's hot. The whole thing's kind of predicated on this. But he ends up getting a job working at the water park that's there. Um, and you've got Sam Rockwell in absolute fucking charisma overload. Yeah. Um, as playing the manager of the water park. Maya Rudolph's in there as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, Rockwell is like his essentially plays almost like a big brother character within it. Yeah. Um, but he's, it, it's Rockwell on fucking fire within it. He's just ridiculously nice, fun, charismatic. It's fucking, it makes the entire movie. But weirdly ends up having like the big dramatic moments within the movie as well. But does them in such a fucking subtle way. Yeah. Uh, there's some cracking moments in it. It's actually a really... It, I'm surprised it isn't more well thought of now than it is than it was at the time. Mm. It really stands up really, really well. It's the movie I believe that um, Nat Faxon and Jim Rash made after they won the Oscar for The Descendants, I believe. Yes. Yeah, because they they wrote that, won the Oscar for Best Screenplay, and then they. Use that cash in a bank to make this. Right. Yeah, that sounds right. And it's a better move than the Descendants. Fair enough. Yes, uh, I think we have to just speed round the ones that we did, Bex. Okay. Because they're when Harry met Sally. Yes. Which uh, everyone knows our thoughts on when which we Sally. review every year. We watch it every New Year's. Every Eve, New Year's. New Year's, New Year's, New Year's day. Uh, when Harry met Sally is fucking great. It just is. Yeah, it's it, it 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 it's all time top ten for me. Yeah, I can see that. It's brilliant. It's mm. better every time I watch it. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. Yeah. Good. It's just so warm. Mm. And um, <laughs> just the the, the the New York in the autumn 
I just want to ignore them and winter settings that they have within that is just like there's there's a bit where I think they're walking through Central Park and it's like if I could jump into any film any film scene <laughs> and just kind of just go I want to go for a walk there it's that there's a shot of it there um, I think it's literally on the posters it's on the yeah, Wikipedia page yeah. it's that shot there the autumn one yeah the yeah. autumn one there yeah um, and we also watched Hard Rain again didn't we another regular watch another regular watch yeah it's awfully good fun. It's hard rain. It's a, it's a, it, it's just a really fun, very, you know, it's got rain. I like rain. It's got Christian Slater. You in do it. like a weather movie. I do like a weather movie. Yeah. yeah, I do like Christian Slater Wet as well. Movie. Sorry, I don't know why I said that. Sorry, <laughs> but yeah, and the only bit that, that this that because we, we've spoken about hard rain here again as well before is very quickly vent very quickly. Go on. Is I owned this on iTunes. Oh yeah, yeah. And so when we, we got oh, back from, shit, yeah. from having a few drinks, Sorry. didn't we? We'd been at the pub and we got out for a, like two pints and a yeah. four. Yeah, um, as we do. And then came home and we were going to watch Hard Rain. Hmm. Um, we well, eating our chicken nuggets. Well, eating our chicken nuggets and fries. Uh, went on to um, iTunes and it was there. It's not there. So I was like, I'm sure you this. And me and you have had this before, haven't we? And when we've gone to search for it in our iTunes library, it's not been there. But then when you search for it, on iTunes, you do own it. Mm-hmm. Search for on iTunes, not even on iTunes anymore. It's just not on iTunes. It's also not on Just Watch. No, it's not even on Just Watch. You couldn't even see if it was in any of the... On anything else. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah. So, we did end up watching it because we have it on Blu-ray as well. Yeah. Um, so, and we have it on DVD. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We have it on all formats. So, this uh, caused me to do an incredibly petty thing. I've, right. I've, I've, I'm, I'm creating a list. I, I sent it to you actually. I've created a list oh, of letterbox. <laughs> yeah. Where it's called the films I own on iTunes list. Uh, I'm going to quickly read out what I wrote uh, on letterbox. Go on. Which is the, this isn't a flex. This isn't a look at all my digital shit. No, this is a record of what I have at the start of 2022. And this will be a corresponding <laughs> list of what gets removed during 2022 without so much as a warning. I switched from physical media to digital a few years ago and for most don't regret it. However, it can get frustrating when you go to watch a movie you have in your library that you've paid to have there to find out it's gone. As I add more movies to my library, the list will grow and periodically I will check to see what's been removed. Yes, I'm bitter about hard rain disappearing from my library. <laughs> um... So yeah, I am going to do that uh, because it's happened too often over the past sort of couple of years. Uh, and when I say too often, I mean more than once, but probably less than five times. <laughs> but it is annoying. It is annoying, yeah. It, 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 it's, you pay for that shit. And I know you pay for that, but then they shouldn't call it buying. No. They shouldn't call it buying. No. It should be advanced renting. <laughs> super renting. Yeah. You have super rented... This movie. Mm. Yeah. That's what it should be called. You have super rented Hard Rain. Yeah. And may watch it at any point until it disappears from our library. Yeah. Or you should at least get a cursory email. Yeah. Saying, look, we are removing X movie. They, They should call it edging. You may buy it, you may not. Yeah. That's it. It should be. Should be something like that. It should come with some kind of other other phrase for it. Mm. We'll, we'll put mm. edging towards the focus group. Might work. They should email you and just say, like, this should be removed. 
I'm surprised. I thought you would have been more for edging. I am. I, I, the I, fact I, you're saying go to the focus groups about it, I'm actually a little bit disappointed. I am. I, 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 I'm, I'm for a bit of edging. No, 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 no. You've, 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 you've made your opinion quite clear. <laughs> um, yes, that's what we've been watching, haven't we? Yeah, that's about it. In there for this week. So yeah, sh- bye guys. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been quite a short gap, I think, hasn't it? We've been less than a week. Yeah. I don't think we've done bad, all of us yeah. collectively. I think we've yeah. given ourselves part of that. Um, so, the last, the lost, blah, 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 about that. I almost called it the last daughter then, because that called that. It's called the lost daughter. The lost for five minutes daughter. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that. So she's not calming down. Yeah. It's been a weird day. We found her and then she lost her doll. I used to have a doll like that. Called Mina. Mina? Mina. Or Mini Mama, as my mother called her. You'll find it. The Lost Daughter uh, is written and directed um, by Maggie Gyllenhaal, um, adapted from a, a, a book by uh, Alana. Elena. That, that as well. Ferranti. That as well. Uh, and stars Olivia Coleman, Jesse Buckley, Dakota Johnson, Ed Harris, uh, Peter Skarsgård, Paul Mescal, him as well, um, and other people. That guy that you think from your, what is it thing? Oliver Jackson Cohen. Off of Haunting of Hill House. Yes. Oh, the Invisible Man himself. Yeah, he was the Invisible That's where I fucking recognised him from. <laughs> that prick. Um, th- what's it called? The Lost Daughter. This is going terribly. You're doing so well. <laughs> I was getting to the, the plots and upsets. A woman's beach vacation takes a dark turn when she begins to confront the troubles of her past. She don't confront anything. She just thinks about it. Yeah, just a little bit of a think. Yeah. Um, and, and Nick's a doll. <clears throat> yeah. For no fucking reason. We'll get into that. <laughs> I think Bex really liked this film. Do you know what? I actually did. Um, right. <laughs> you sound it. <laughs> I'm going to go to you first, Miss Bex. Go on. The Lost Daughter. It's really unsettling to watch, isn't it? Oh, it's it, so it, It's basically like tension the movie. Yeah. It, everyone, everyone is so awkward in their interactions with other human beings. Yeah. Yeah. I've met Harris. He's all right. He loves it. Cooks some squid. Yeah. Really... Doesn't mind when he sees that doll and he's just like, hmm. whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a literal look of. Well, that's there. Oh, well. <laughs> I fucking sorry. I know it's Bex's. Sorry, Bex. Go on. <laughs> no, I just that made me laugh. That that scene, I was really tense throughout the entire scene, and it ends with him just fucking looking at it, putting it down, and not saying anything to her. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ian, you're gonna ask me a question. That was the question. Oh yeah, yeah, I answered it. Yeah. Oh, God, scattered. Sorry, Ian. 
we, we, we posited, didn't we? Because we watched this before you'd watched it. Um, and me and Bex kind of posited and went, this is one of those movies that Ian either really loves or really doesn't, just doesn't get on with at all. Yeah. And it was because of just how tense it was. Not, not from my point of view. Uh, how did you find it an unbelievably like, oppressively, just like low level oppressively, but just constant <laughs> oppressive? Yeah, film? I did. But I was really impressed by that. That's yeah. the thing. Mm. Um, it just it 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 fucking. I was just really edgy throughout pretty much the entire thing. Like right from the off. There's something not right, and it's like the the camera work. It's very very tight on people, um, and like the when Olivia Coleman is on the beach, everyone else looks like they're bathed in sunlight. She looks like the only cloud in the sky is directly over her, um, which I, I you know I I thought was fantastic. Like it, it the the visual storytelling here was just absolutely on point. Honestly, like Maggie Gyllenhaal's been on film sets and whatnot for years. Uh, so it, it, I suppose it's not really that, that much of a surprise, but th- this is one of the most like assured directorial debuts you'd ever see. I, 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 I thought it was extraordinary. I really, really, really liked this. Um, and I was I was coming at it from a place of almost like this is going to be good, but I kind of feel like I need to get it done. A little bit of I need to I need to eat these vegetables. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, and just like right, this is one of the films I need to watch for year end. Okay, let's let's get on with it. Almost, and now yeah. I'm fucking fuming at myself. It played the art house here for a week, and I'm fuming at myself that I didn't see it there. Um, I, 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 I will let myself go. It was the week before Christmas. We were busy, but I, you know, it, it would have looked great. And the, I mean, I, I, the one criticism I've got is actually not really of the film; it's of Netflix. Yeah, you, I, I think you know where you're going to go with this. All your shit. You're going to do all your shit in 4K, in, in Dolby Vision and whatnot. And this is just HD. And during the low light stuff, I don't know whether you guys noticed, but there is fucking macro blocking. And it's just like you wouldn't have got that if this was presented in 4K. Um, it, it did feel... I, I did think that that was odd when I looked and I, just, I I assumed it was going to be in 4K and then it wasn't and I was a bit like, oh. Yeah, and I, I, I honestly, I, th- I I really think the the Netflix presentation actually did it a disservice. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I think Olivia Coleman is fucking fantastic. It's just lived in, you know, there's no big scenes where... I was talking to Noel about this on WhatsApp, actually, separately um, last night. And we were saying that there's no kind of, like, scenes where she's fucking explaining why she is how she is to people. And it doesn't turn out that Ed Harris is a bad guy or anything like that. It's just these things happen. You know, at the ending, there's definitely a what will happen next kind of aspect to it. But I thought it was a really good full meal of a film. You know, it was entertaining. Um, it was upsetting. It was 
you know, it was funny, it was sad, it was stressful, it was it was all these things. Kiki, out, out, out. Sorry, guys. Right, there we go. She's not allowed in the bedroom anymore. Um, she likes sucking on the fucking duvet cover and it's unsettling. Um, um, but yeah, no, I, 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 I like honestly will be in top 10 at the end of the year. I'm very surprised about that. And Maggie Gyllenhaal straight in directors. I will watch anything from nice. Bex, where were you more with it? I was super excited for this. I've had this in my, like, you know, the remind me thing on Netflix since it was available to set a reminder for. Didn't know you could do that. Oh yeah, you can. Um, I, th- I thought it was great. I thought it was a really, um, like you're saying, just just quite a low key film. In that there's there's nothing, there's no big bombastic sort of bit that you're waiting for, or that. I mean, obviously, there's the bit with the fucking doll, and you're like, she's gonna get found out. She, she's gonna do one of those like collapsing, falling asleep, random things, and then someone's gonna come in. Ed Harris is going to find it. Then Ed Harris does find it. He's just like, cool, 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 cool. I love how mm. unapologetic she is about being a dickhead as well. That's great. Mm. Um, I think Jesse Buckley does a really good job of being the young her. Um, Looks-wise, I don't think it's miles away. And voice-wise, I think she gets that bang on. They, 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 yeah. I, I, from, from, I'm sure I read something. Um, about um, from Jesse Buckley where she was saying that they that, that they worked on it together a little bit the voice, right? So that they could get it, so so it, so they could both do it. Yeah, yeah. so it, it was it was it was. Didn't that just Olivia Coleman's voice? Though? No, she's got a slight. She put a slight uh, accent in, in, into it. They yeah, but together. yeah, there's Buckley's definitely done some work to have some more. Coleman kind of like leads isms yeah. in there, and, and and that's it is just you can tell that that's just that's just really smart acting mm. to do that. Yeah, to yeah. go well, you're going to play the what is it? And a voice is a is a big thing. Mm. We better make sure we get that. Yeah, it just it just felt really like it wasn't Jesse Buckley and Olivia Coleman. It was young and old later. Yeah, and it, you know that that kind of. You know, obviously, it, it 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 makes it more immersive. It makes you kind of it, it's one less thing to kind of pull you out of the story. Mm. Um, I thought the Johnson was great. I thought it was a really good portrait of, do you know what, motherhood's not the same for everybody, and sometimes it's shit. And there's not there's not a lot of that narrative. More so in recent years. Now people are starting to be more honest about the fact that it's not all cuddles and fucking rainbows. But there's not an awful lot of that honest narrative out there. And the more of it there is, I think the more people that do sometimes look at their kids and go, stop screaming, you fucking fuck. Like, in their head, feel less bad about it. Do you know what I mean? It it just... There's always this idea of... of of that makes you a bad mother yeah. if you ever at any point Have think any that you're, negative, yeah, negative thoughts, thoughts towards yeah. your kids. And it's not, it's just sometimes they're really fucking annoying children. Mm-hmm. And I think that... Sometimes. The, <laughs> yeah, most of the time. Of the time. And the children in this were really fucking Oh annoying. my God, yeah. And that was one of the great bits of direction that Maggie Gyllenhaal did was making the kids... It, it, it was clearly a choice. Mm. 
Mm. Because, oh, yeah. because the scenes that you're seeing there, where mostly where, where Jesse Buckley's getting, you can see it getting wound up and tense by it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're supposed to have made them hyper. Yeah, yeah. Just oppressive. Pitchy. Very pitchy. Yeah. Um, to, um, to give that, that, that feeling of this is constantly there. Yeah. And the scene um, where she's got headphones on and she's working, he's on the phone. Mm. That, that was that was just a really well done scene. Just the resignation on her face where she eventually gets up and goes to deal with it. And she's just like, she says something like, I feel trapped or, or, or I'm drowning, I'm suffocating, that's it. Um, I just I just thought it was really, really well and sensitively done. Yeah, it, it, I, I, you both it there. As a, as a piece of filmmaking, it is so assured. Mm. There's no there's no whiff of debut filmmaker about it. it, it it's a, it, Maggie Gyllenhaal, as like I said, she, she's, she's grown up around this. It, she's not, you know, she's she's not decided. Do you know what I want to be there? I want to do that movie. She's put the. She's clearly this is fully mapped out. Mm. That's there, and Maggie Gyllenhaal's a very very smart woman. Yeah. Um, she's got into it going. I, I I'm gonna knock this out of the park. Mm. Just just before sorry just before we move on from me, um, a couple sorry. of bits that I really loved. Obviously, there's the there's the biggie where they ask her to move. To a different sun lounger, and she's just like, "No, nope." That's that's one of them. The bit in the um, toy store where she's saying about, "Oh, all mothers something something about their children," and she's like, "Oh, you're speaking from your own experience." Yeah, that was a fucking sick, <laughs> sick burn. She's she's just she's just a dickhead. Yeah, but she's she's got to the age where she doesn't have to kind of hide that. But it's it, it's like if she's interested in talking to the person, mm. she'll have the conversation, you know. And even though I noticed it's a lot of her talking about herself, yeah, yeah. Like, which, which feels intentional. Oh yeah, it, it, you know, like, it, it, Paul Mescal and Ed Harris. It's a lot of them listening to her. Yeah, that's it. It, it, it. It's clever how, and it's quite a brave thing to do to a, for Olivia Corman's point of view, for playing that character. And for essentially Maggie Gyllenhaal making a film about a character that is that is actually an unlikable person, mm. not a very nice person, seemingly knows that she's not a nice person, and it's not because she's an alcoholic or for any other reason. She's just a she's dickhead. Just a bit acerbic, she's she's just she's a very selfish person, and she's clearly aware of it because she literally says at one point of view, "I'm just a very selfish person." Mm. I liked the fact as well, because it could have so easily have been a little bit in and had a sleep with either the younger guy or the other guy. Or Ed Harry. I think she wanted to sleep with both. I think she wanted to sleep with both but it didn't go there. It, went, it got quite horny for a half hour. <laughs> that bit in the bar where she goes and flirts with Ed Harry and then runs away. Yeah. <laughs> that was fucking great. But it was fun and it was funny. Oh dear. It's... Yeah. You yeah. know, <laughs> fucking Olivia Corman has burst up the scene what a decade ago with her first dramatic ever performance after being just like TV, a, a TV comedy, comedic yeah. character actor mm. to then being in Paddy Considine's Tyrannosaur and being fucking brilliant in it. 
And then since has won an Oscar, probably deserved another one because but she was too close to her winning her last one. Mm. And conceivably could win another one for this. Mm. And deserved It's an Oscar worthy performance. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Without question. Yeah, I think that is it will it's, 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 I, I, yeah I mean it, it's going to be interesting I think it depends on how the awards trail goes because you've got Kristen Stewart you've got Olivia Coleman you've got Penelope Cruz um, I mean there are others um, and I feel like there are some Rachel Zegler for West Side Story but West Side Story's performance kind of feels like it's maybe dampened just, that down. I just think it's going to be Kristen Stewart. That's yeah, I mean, it, it. This is. I mean, it just. It's such a shame, isn't it? Because it's like with the father last year. I was saying, if Olivia Coleman didn't win for the favourite, she would have won for this. And to be honest, with the lost daughter. I'm saying the same thing, and it, it comes to the point where it's like, look, if Christoph Waltz can win Best Supporting uh, Actor there's, there's twice, a, there's a better one than that. Mahershala Ali won two. Very close. Y- to yeah, him. no. Yeah, didn't exactly. Not, I'm not saying he didn't deserve it, but it, it is odd that it, it seems like Oliver Coleman won't because it's too close. No, I mean Mahershala Ali did watch Vigo Mortensen fold a pizza in half. That's, that's so. I, 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 that's. I, yeah. Still baffling is the whole Green Book thing, really. I I, I, look, I, I like Green I Book, like but the the, the 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 fact that Mahershala Ali won again for Green Book, I think he would probably be a little bit like fucking really about yeah, but, but, in he, years to come. He kind of has done since. So hang on. So who who are we thinking is getting nominated? Best actress. Right. Yeah. Hang on. Let me. I'm going to pull up an. Like IndieWire served me well earlier on, so I'm going to see if I can do it again. I can call them. Yeah, which would be deserved. Christian Stewart. Which wouldn't be deserved. I disagree with you. Right, um, right so. Okay, no, so sorry, variety. So if you come up with one that I think is better than Call. Oh, just say for, for, yeah. for nominated, though. Yeah, yeah. So for, for variety, you've got as the top five so at the moment Christian Stewart, Lady Gaga, Alana Heim, Olivia Coleman, Nicole Kidman. I don't think Gaga's getting nominated. I mm. she's not great in House Gucci. Like she's fine. Mm. She's not. But great she's yet. a star, and they want stars to be nominated. Should be nominated. She won't win. Yeah, there's a, yeah, but that's it. Uh, but out of those ones that you mentioned, Olivia Coleman's performance in this is is probably the strongest performance. That's cool. Christian Stewart's going to win it because she's playing. Because she's playing a royal, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so Variety have got it currently is like the most likely Christian Stewart, then Lady Gaga, then Alana Heim, then Olivia Coleman, then Nicole Kidman. Um, and, and then following from that, the next five, Jessica Chastain, Reg, Rachel Zegler, Francis McDormand, Penelope Cruz, and Amelia Jones for Coda, the film we will maybe see if it gets nominated for things. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I th- th- this is the thing. It's like, I wouldn't begrudge Kristen Stewart having an Oscar. I think that would be cool. But Olivia Coleman's real fucking good in this. Mm. Maybe Olivia Coleman just needs to stop being so good in things. 
it, it's getting a little bit silly now, isn't it? <laughs> it just she's very, very talented, and she's really good. I mean, Alana Heim, I kind of feel like she's maybe gonna lose a bit of heat because, like, people, I don't know, people like licorice pizza, but it, it does feel like one where it, 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 if it, when it stops getting talked about, people will forget about her. Yeah, I, I, I think non possibly, but win no. And I, um, I, I, I'll, 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 put, I'll cover that with. I think she's really, really good in it. I, I think I, I don't know. I think that would be a cool five though. Christian Stewart, Lady Gaga, Alina Heim, Olivia Coleman, Nicole Kidman. Hmm. That that feels like a perfectly decent five to me. I mean, um, I, I, I like West Side Story. I'd like to see Rachel Zegler in there, but to be honest, I'd be more bothered if Ariana DeBose didn't get in best support. <laughs> Supporting actress, personally. Is, is um, there no cape around Jodie Comer for last year? On the variety list, she's number 15. I, I, I could see that being a little bit of a surprise one. It just is it's not being talked about enough. Mm. It's going to be interesting, I think, is this year. But yeah, it's... Yeah, The Lost Daughter is a little bit of a... It snuck up on me a little bit how I, I I I went into it thinking it was going to be one movie and then got a completely different movie and I much preferred the movie that I got mm. than the movie that I thought it might have been and I was looking forward to the movie that I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, it's nice to kind of be sideswiped a little bit by a movie. The Lost Daughter for me is one of those ones where no, oh, sorry, Kiki's just gone on the bed. Right, Kiki, off. Off, no, off. There you go, go on, out you go. Sorry. The Lost Daughter feels like one of those to me that's going to get a criterion in a year or two and it's going to have loads of features and I'm going to buy it and I'm going to cuddle it. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Like, seriously, right, Maggie Gyllenhaal, just like, where the fuck did this come from? Also, good on her for... You know, Peter Sarsgaard and Jesse Buckley getting down to it. You know, like because I, I, I also think like the fact that, that she that she has the fucking lady balls to go. Oh, the handsome fucking professor guy that she's gonna fucking fall for, gonna cast my husband. But I mean, don't, don't, she did an interview on Kermode and Mayo where I think I'm slightly paraphrasing, but she was just like Mayo asked her about that and like. You know that that you know that was something that was brave, and she was just like, you know, I trust my husband, and I thought he was right for the part, and I thought it would be a bit of a treat for him. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, right then. And, I, I, one of the the lovely things that I saw about uh, this, the, the, the little promo bits, of this because the pro, the promotion bits, of this had been really quite nice uh, about it was. Um, like a red carpet thing, and they were interviewing. Um, there was um, Jesse Buckley, Dakota Johnson, uh, and Olivia uh, Coleman uh, were there. Um, and Olivia Coleman, they were talking, saying, "You know, we, you know, it was it was really nice. And, you know, um, it's always nice working with you know with, with fellow actors because you because you, you you know you, you learn things from each other and you learn little bits." Uh, you know, of knowledge that you can take forward for each other. And Dakota Johnson just looks and goes, what the fuck have you learned about acting from me? <laughs> <laughs> and Olivia Colbert just like, just like laughs and gives her a big hug and just says, oh, so much. And she's like, yeah, 
Okay then. <laughs> and it's just it's it's Dakota Johnson is just this oddity of an actress that is. I think she's a very good actress. Yeah. But I don't think even she thinks she's that good. No. <laughs> no, she's she's great in this. You know, just the that having to accept I'm a mum and I'm going to be tired and I kind of hate everything, but I can't say that because I'm a mum and I'm expected to be yeah. at a certain level. And then you've got her against Olivia Coleman, who's just like, no, I'm not fucking moving. <laughs> like, this is my spot. No, fuck off. You know, no, I'm, all, I'm all right here, thanks. You know, and it just like, the, 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 the vibes of them, it does feel like Dakota Johnson could be Olivia Coleman in 20 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah, I don't know. It's um, that no, was yeah, it was great, and um, I like I do I did like the ending as well. Just the whole, you know, she's got that kind of like stab wound in her tummy, and it doesn't look great, but she's also kind of happy because she's just talking to her daughter alone by herself on a fucking beach. Like, what a great ending! You know, just what's going to happen now. You know, I, I, is, it, 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 it's it, it's quite amusing the fact that, that her kids thought that she was dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean that. I mean that's fucking scene where she leaves the kids. Yeah. I mean, God, that's got to be a dream for you, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we were looking at it going. I mean, that's perfectly fair. <laughs> but um, I mean, but fuck me. I mean, it's. I don't know, we're coming out here from two, two different perspectives, obviously, but I, I don't know, I was really floored by that and just how kind of matter-of-fact it was, but just, like, hearing the kid go, like, where are you going, mummy? You know, it just, it's... um, It's the fact that, yeah, that, 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 she, that she says, that she, that she said, well, after a couple of years, I went back. And it's like, you're, you're leaving out the bit that you fucking just left again. Mm. <laughs> um. Yeah, very, very, very good film. Um, it, it was a weird one. It took me a while to settle on it. So when I mm. letterboxed it, I four out of five it. Yeah. And then the next morning, I downgraded it to three and a half. Ooh. And then I went back up to a four, and now I'm edging more towards a four and a half. Yeah. Five banger. Five banger. I think that film does absolutely what it's trying to do mm. at all times pretty much perfectly like honestly you could not tell me a bit of that film or it's like yeah i'm not sure about that no it, it, it is yeah it, 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 it it's a very assured piece of filmmaking um our audience it, it, poll it, sorry go. It, it just it's one of the ones where it's like you know you know i've got a thing about like subjectively and objectively mm. objectively i think it might be the best film of 2021 that i've seen but it's not my number one in my list. Mm. It, 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 it's it might trouble top ten of my list, but yeah, it won't be. It won't be top five. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Idiot. But I couldn't put it in like surprises <laughs> because I, all I was surprised about it, I wasn't surprised that I liked it. I just didn't think it was going to be that movie. <laughs> um, mm, mm. The yeah, so lost daughter, um, definitely not shit. A hundred percent. Hell yeah. Nice. So uh, our listeners enjoyed movies this week, Yay. which is always yep. really, really, really nice because it's fun to like movies. Questions? What? 
<laughs> Sorry. John Dangerfield, um, film you're most looking forward to in 2022. I think we called that on the last podcast. Yeah, I think we did. I mean, Asteroid City, Wes Anderson, big one for me. Um, in, in, in terms of big films, I'll be honest. I, I, I was thinking on this, right? So we we've got so we got some like family friends of ours who live quite close and whatnot, and we we all got together on New Year's. And, and like the kids, that it's funny. The the, the two two boys um, of of one of these couples really like going to the cinema and it's basically been the only way I've been able to get Lottie to the cinema is to say, Oh, we'll go and we'll go with Joseph and Harrison as well. They fucking love going with me because their dad doesn't really like going to the cinema. So he's like, yeah, fuck it. You can take them. It's like, yeah, great. All right. then you know, um, but we were talking and Jurassic world dominion, literally we think we're all going to go like the free families and all the kids. We're all going to go and see it at the IMAX. And that experience, I think, is the thing that I'm most looking forward to at the cinema this year because the kids are going to go fucking nuts for that film. Um, and it's going to be great to see. Like the um, Harrison, the uh, little dude, he's got this um, bearded dragon. Um, he got it. He got it for his birthday a couple months back, and it's rad. He's really, really into lizards and dinosaurs and shit like that. And seeing his face watching all this shit on an IMAX screen, honestly, like I'm really looking forward to that. And and lots as well. Don't get me wrong, but it's just the fact this kid really likes his fucking dinosaurs. <laughs> so, like, I, 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 just, I, I think that actually might Top Gun Maverick. I'm really looking forward to that, seeing that in IMAX. Uh, I've got a so mine last week was Killers of the Flower Moon. Still remains that. Uh, I'm going to throw what, sorry? Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, without question, but uh, that's an obvious one. I'm also going to throw in a slight curveball one uh, from the director of Overlord. Uh, we have oh, yeah. uh, Samaritan. Hang on, oh, right, because I was going to say you didn't like Overlord, but no, now I, I know why you're saying this. Yeah. Right, okay. I thought a young boy comes to the realisation that a famed superhero who he thought had gone missing after an epic battle 20 years ago may well still be around. The superhero is played by Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> Fair play. Um, and I had a feeling that this was one that, that Stallone is very much like, this is actually a really good movie. Um, so yeah, it's the I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what what's going to happen with that. That could be quite good. Yeah. Uh, and um, also, I, I'm feeling that could get a cinema release. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. the one that always springs to mind when I think of 2022 movies that I'm looking forward to seeing is Black Phone. Wow. Hmm. The what? Sorry. The Black Phone. Oh, yep, 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 yep. Fair play. Fair play. Um, what about Moonfall? Moonfall goes without fucking saying, doesn't it? <laughs> okay, yeah, fair without enough. saying, you know, it's it's the moon and it's falling. Mm-hmm. So excited about Moonfall. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, how, however, a little trepidatious because it's under two hours long. Oh no! Yeah, uh, Rick, Rick Jacob, uh, do you have any film-related New Year's resolutions? For instance, I'm going to try and fill some of the gaps in my film knowledge by watching some Errol Flynn movies. I'll be honest, no. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I honestly don't know how my film watching will go this year. I watched about 370 films last year, so I just about kept up with like my 
a day of film average, but um, I don't think I'm going to hit that this year because we're actually going to be out of the house more. You know, so um, because that's usually my thing. But no, no, not 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 really. If I'm honest, Um, I'd like to try and watch some less mainstream movies rather than just watching what's on at Cineworld. Just maybe keep an eye out for some of the more obscure stuff as well. Yeah, maybe a bit more world cinema stuff as well. Just a bit more of a richer diet rather than just fast food. Yeah, I can see that. I, I, I'm sharing that a little bit. I'm wanting to. I, I, we re, we we are rewatching. We rewatch stuff. We um, do a lot for that, and I I, I don't mind that. I, I want to get my rewatches down a little bit, but I also want to be a bit more selective mm. and clever with my rewatches. Yeah. Um, you know, instead of watching This Means War, yeah, maybe I could watch something else. I mean, yeah, maybe. Uh, some like things that I've been like wanting to rewatch for a while, but I've been putting off for no real reason mm. other than going, "Well, no, I'm just not quite in the mood for that right now." Or anything like that. I've been wanting to rewatch Boogie Nights for about two years and haven't rewatched it, mm. so I'm going to fucking rewatch it soon. Do that this week if you like. Yeah, but there's bits like that. So rewatch the, the the big movies that I want to rewatch or the important movies to me that I want to rewatch if I'm going to do a rewatch. Yeah. And start knocking off some randomers from my I've not watched that. Yeah. 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 Just be a bit more selective and a bit less trash mark. Oh no, I'm still in trash mark. <laughs> yeah. It's just I might I might load myself up in new trash. Fair. Or less familiar trash. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. No, I'm still gonna swim around in the fucking gutters of this world. Okay. Yeah. Nice. That's where I belong. That's where I do my best work. That is true. <laughs> um, what are we covering next week? Hey guys, Ian here. Um, so we actually um, had a bit of a discussion after this about what the recording um, schedule was going to be next week and what we were going to cover. Um, and it got a little bit show admin-y. So um, I- I'm just going to kind of like confirm what we're doing here. So we're actually not going to have a regular show next week. Um because we're doing the first four Scream films for the patrons. Um, That's going to take quite a bit of time, and the main review would be the 355, which feels very inessential. I'm going to go see it, but um, I figured giving Mark and Becky a week off from having to leave their village to go to the cinema would be, uh, would you know, would be nice for them. Um, and also, I don't know. I mean, like we might, we might, we might review the three, five, five at some point. I don't know, but, um, the, what we watched would also be severely limited because we've got to watch four screen films. So basically instead of having a show, which would have been kind of like a half hearted review and maybe one or two, what we watched each, um, we're just gonna take it easy on ourselves and basically give patrons a good, solid probably like couple of hours on the first four scream films which i I, yeah i I think would be really good um don't particularly want to rush that so yeah that that's basically it there's not going to be a regular show next week patrons will get basically the equivalent of a normal show uh with the scream films however on the regular feed 
if you don't subscribe to the Patreon. Um, we will drop the section where we're talking about Scream as a bit of a taster. Um, but Scream 2, Scream 3, Scream 4, you, you'll need to subscribe to the Patreon. So, uh, yeah, that's it. On behalf of Mark and Becky, thank you very much for listening. And uh, we'll speak to you in some form uh, next week and then back with a regular show and a Michael Mann show for the patrons the week after. Right. Cheers. Take it easy. Bye-bye.
podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.